Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Just looking over to make sure my mic is working. Looks like it is. Happy Thursday. Thanks for being here. I just want to give you like a little warning. I've been in bad form this week. Honestly, like lunatic tendencies have been just coming out of my pores. I don't know what it is. Actually, I do know what it is. Um, I'm PMSing. So obviously, we're going to have the lunatic tendencies this week. But like, man, I'm just like grumpy, bad mood, tired, really irritable. And you're like, yeah, Morgan, it's called your hormones. And I'm like, I know, but I just don't like being that way. And and I say this every single week that I haven't seen the sun in 25 days. Why do I live here, you guys? Who can give me somewhere really nice to move? I'm looking for somewhere that's affordable um, where the sun comes out like at least one third of the year. I would take one third of the year. Um, you know, maybe a, a palm tree in sight. You know, I would even take a tree with green leaves at this point, as opposed to the brown sticks that are outside my apartment. But anyways, anyways, another little warning is that David is going to be watching a soccer game at some point during this podcast recording. And last time it sounded like someone was being murdered in my apartment (laughs) when he watched the soccer game. I mean, I listened back to the pod just to make sure that everything's cool, that I didn't say anything really stupid. And when I heard David screaming in the back of my podcast episode last week, it sounded like someone was being strangled, honestly. Honestly. So if you hear that again this week, it sounds something like this. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's alive and well, not being murdered. At least I hope not. Anyways, let's get into this week's pop three. These are the three biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. So Caitlin Bristow and Zach Clark were spotted together again in New York City this past weekend for Zach's 40th birthday. So, um, in my opinion, they weren't being like super incognito about it. You know, Caitlin was posting a lot about flying to LaGuardia, liking his birthday posts. Um, and then we all saw the Reddit post, right? If you didn't see it, um, somebody wrote, was having a girl's night in the West Village when one of my friends spotted Caitlin and Zach at a corner table at the restaurant we were at. They definitely saw us looking and glared at us a little, LOL. Super cozy and cuddly and started sitting on the same side of the booth at one point, also taking a ton of self-timers. I think they meant selfies. Everyone's confused about the self-timers comment but i mean if they're taking self timers they're they're taking selfies but maybe they just don't want like their hands in it or something i don't know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter they were also seen dancing together cutting up a rug so like in my opinion they are together i mean i could tell that from the first time that caitlin called us all losers you know she was yelling at us on instagram being like but she never denied it. I was looking, I was pinching and zooming. I was really analyzing the black background and the white text. You guys know, and I never saw we're not together. We're just friends. It was a lot of, you don't know the story and you don't know this and you don't know that. And like, honestly, at this point, the shock of it has kind of worn off. So it is what it is. 
When it comes to Caitlyn and Zach and them potentially being together, a lot of people keep bringing up the sobriety aspect of it all. You know, Zach is sober. Caitlyn is not. So everyone keeps asking, how is that going to work? Um, you know, sobriety isn't one size fits all. People are in different places and during their sobriety journey and what might be right for some people might not be right for everybody. But I think, you know, the confusion actually stems from Zach and Caitlin's brand identities. You know, Zach, his brand is addiction and recovery. Caitlin and her brand is alcohol sales, you know, and her podcast that is a pun about wine, you know? So I think, you know, sometimes people can't separate a brand identity from a person, especially when it's somebody in Bachelor Nation where, let's be honest, their face is their best marketing tool. Their name is their best marketing tool. So it's like you see Zach and you immediately think, you know, recovery and addiction and you see Caitlin and you immediately think of, spades and sparrows, you know, the question is, can it work? You know, we'll have to wait and see how deep is their business identity ingrained in who they are as people? What else do they have in common? You know, what else can they have this deep emotional connection about? I'm not saying that it's impossible. You know, I also, I also just feel like the Tasha of it all. Look, Tasha has moved on. She's with uh, hot man, Luke Gilbranson from Summer House. And I think she seems really happy. Um, so I don't know. It's like we didn't know how close Caitlin and Tasha were. I think what's more odd to me is that when Zach and Tasha did break up, all we were hearing, all we were being fed, I guess you could say, from the media is that Zach didn't like the spotlight. So if that was true, I don't necessarily think that he would like the spotlight that comes with dating Caitlin Bristow, but I mean, maybe that wasn't the reason they broke up after all. Who knows? Let's move on to headline number two. Kim Kardashian is teaming back up with Balenciaga. So a year after the big Balenciaga scandal, Kim has renewed her role as brand ambassador for the company. So she posted for several years now, or no, she didn't post, but this was a statement. She says, um, for several years now, Balenciaga's designs have been a part of my many looks and some of my most iconic fashion moments. For me, this longstanding relationship is built on mutual trust and a commitment to doing what's right. I'm excited about this next chapter for the brand and to become their ambassador. So in case you forgot, they uh, was there was a huge scandal last year with Balenciaga after um, they featured young children holding teddy bears dressed in BDSM gear for their November 2022 campaign. There was also some stuff about um, the documents that they used on the table. Uh, you know, it was like in an office and there were some some documents on the table that were pretty alarming in the same realm as that, right? So obviously she's getting a ton of backlash in the comments. Um, some of the comments are, I usually respect Kim's business decision so much. However, this is so tone deaf. Somebody else said disappointed that you would do this. Um, somebody else said this is exactly why Courtney said you'll do anything and everything for money. Um, I want to come back to that comment in a second. But uh, here's what I'll say. Before I give you my opinion, okay, I'll give you the defense of Kim, which should tell you where I'm going. But um, in her defense, there could be a lot of behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about contracts, legal bindings. I mean, you never know. She could have been in a in a contract with them when the scandal happened. And, you know, it was a crisis moment, PR moment, and they could have came to this agreement. And this is all just I mean, I have no idea if this is true or not. But 
I'm just saying, uh, they could have been like, we have to just pause this for a second or she's not going to live it down. So let's reconvene in a year or something like that. I mean, that said, couldn't be me. Could not be me. What does this brand have over her? I mean, they must really have her like locked into something because she could have a brand ambassador deal with any designer on the face of planet Earth. Honestly, honestly, it's a choice. And in my opinion, it's a bad one. And, you know, everyone hates on Courtney because um, they think she's a hater. But I think she's right. I think Kim really does prioritize the money making opportunities whatever they may be. And I do think right now we're in, we're starting to get this shift where, you know, cancel culture was a big thing. Uh, and I think now we're getting into like the, almost like an anti cancel culture culture, right? Where, which, you know, I'm like not a fan of cancel culture anyways, especially when it's like, you're digging up tweets from 15 years ago, like that kind of stuff. People change. If you don't change, then there's something wrong with you. Um, but I think the difference here is, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just imagining what kind of conversations were ha happening behind the scenes where, you know, I'm sure some people are like, you can't let these people dictate your life and you have to do like, who cares? Like they're just internet trolls or whatever. But I think the difference with this is that, it's not so much like Kim saying, I'm not going to be canceled. Um, but in my personal opinion, this severely tarnishes her reputation. In my personal opinion, it does. Like before all of this happened, I had one opinion of Kim. And, and you know, a lot of things can be true. Kim can be a great businesswoman. She can do a lot of good things with the justice department or the justice system. Um, you know, she can be a good mom. She could be a mogul. She could be all those things. I also think it's really gross that she's doing this because she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to. So why? It's, it's just... Not my cup of tea. Okay, let's, there's nothing like the feeling of being confident in your own skin. It's something that I have struggled with in the past, which is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best with no complicated routines, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. Right now, I'm using the OS1 Eye Topical Supplement to help strengthen and firm the skin around my eyes. So far, I've noticed it has improved hydration and improved firmness. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support the show and tell them I sent you because I love you like a sis. Let's move on to the Bachelor premiere. Joey, 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 Joey. He's our man. If he can't do it, do it. Literally, no other Bachelor can ever. And typically, they don't. So I just don't have the highest hopes, I guess, for this season of the Bachelor. But they're really hyping up Joey's ending to the season. I mean, the first three minutes of the episode was his final row ceremony. He's whimpering, you guys. He's whimpering like a little puppy. <laughs> You know, like he's not fully crying, but he's kind of he's just like, <laughs> so I'm like, what the heck could happen to Joey? And, you know, they're saying 
This is like never happened before. So everybody thinks he's going to end up alone because the girl that he proposes to says, no, that's what everybody thinks. Right. Um, it never actually turns out to be exactly what we think. So I ain't got a daggone clue. So TBD, here's an interesting statistic that we got from bachelor data. The premiere actually gained viewers for only the 10th time in history. So people seem to be really into Joey. I mean, he is a Jonas brother after all, and people love the Jonas brothers. I'm sorry. You cannot look at that man and tell me that he's not related to the Jonases. Look at him. And if there was not already one Joe slash Joey Jonas, I would be calling him a Jonas the entire time. But I know people on the internet sometimes get confused. So we're not going to do that. Um, I will say I'm going to talk more in depth about the premiere um, this week on Patreon, but let's get to the most interesting part of the episode, in my opinion, and that was the date card twist. So Leia, we met actually at After the Final Rose, and that's when she met Joey, and she got this card, and she couldn't open it for eight months or something crazy like that. So she opens it, and it's a steal-a-date card, right? So the card says, at any point in the journey before Hometowns, uh, you can use this card to steal a one-on-one -on -one date. And she immediately starts crying. I'm like, at this point, they've probably been filming for like six or seven hours. She hasn't gotten to talk to Joey yet. And like this immediately puts a target on her back. She might be a little hangry. You know, I think they only get two drinks. So maybe just like a little tequila buzz flowing through you. And she starts crying. So she goes to Joey and she explains that she doesn't want to like play God in the situation. Um, She's like, you know, I want you to be able to make the decisions, whatever. I, I appreciate the try from the Bachelor producers. Like, I appreciate that they're trying to switch things up. You just have to make sure the, that it goes to the right person. Somebody like Leia is never going to be able to do it. Somebody like Jess, Jess, who kissed him and then ran in the house immediately and told everybody about it, she would be the one to do it. Not sweet angel baby Leia, who literally looks like a little princess doll. Um, I probably wouldn't do it either because A, it's like he didn't want to go on a date with you and B, he might be mad that you took away a date with somebody that he really wanted to go on a date. You know what I mean? Like there's just way too many things that could backfire in that situation. It's like he goes into it. He wants to hang out with Kelly. I don't even know if there's Kelly. He wants to hang out with Kelly. And then he shows up and he's like, I'm really thinking Kelly could be the one. Kelly could be my wife. But today's the day that I need to find out if Kelly is my wife, you know, in the three hours that we go go-karting or something. And then Leia shows up and he's like, oh, well, now I can't figure out if Kelly's my wife because I have to go on a date with Leia. And I got, now I got to take Leia go-karting. It's probably not even going to work. So I think she did the right thing, throwing it in the fire. It is what it is. I'm going to leave it there. Like I said, I'm going to recap the episode more on Patreon on Friday. So let's get in the deep dive. I didn't open the submissions this week because obviously we're talking about part three of the reunion and um, just the timing, but whatever. So we're going to talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Monica not returning. Before I get into it, I just want to ask if everyone can do a Lisa Barlow impression. That's how we started the finale. The part three is talking about the... The Lisa Barlow impersonation. I love that. I don't think so. I don't think I can do it. Let me try it again. I love that. No, Monica, you're a hater. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I feel like I just sound like I smoked 12 packs of cigarettes in one day. But anyways, 
Um, we say goodbye to Mary. Honestly, I was like floating in and out of consciousness at this part because I was a little bit bored. But then they talk about Bermuda. We've been waiting to get to the Bermuda trip. They ask Monica, what was your involvement in reality Von Teese? And she says, I was part of the account. I was posting. I wasn't the one who created it. I didn't have the email login. I didn't make the password. There was a group of us who started in 2021. And, um, it was to take down Jen Shaw. The point of it was to expose Jen, how she was treating her employees. Um, you know, the rest of the ladies were like, okay, that's all fine and dandy, but you included us. And she's like, no, I didn't come for any of you. And then they pull out the phone and they show how many tags that this reality Von Teese group had tagged Heather Gay in, in the span of however many years. And I was appalled. I was appalled. It's like, even if you think it's not that bad, who has the time to tag these people? It's like, I think that's the scary part about it is because you have to be in a certain type of mental space to be that type of person, right? And we'll get into like the stalking of it in a little bit. But like she said, it was in 2021. It was after she had given a statement against Jen. Um, and then she pulls out the burn book. And we didn't know if the burn book was supposed to be serious or if it was supposed to be a joke. And it's like, at first it was a joke. She printed off her entire reality Von Teese grid and put it in this burn book. It was so funny, though, to see Andy Cohen just sitting there with this burn book. Literally like it's story time at preschool. Come around, ladies, housewives. At one point, Angie even like raises her hand to speak. Like, Mr. Cohen, can I be excused to go to the restroom? It was wild. He's sitting there. He's flipping through the pages. He's like, Monica, Monica, are you listening? She's like in the corner going, la, 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 la. Like, she's like, and he's flipping. He's like, oh, this one's about me. How cute is that? I literally feel like I was in my ninth grade English class and my English professor was trying to explain to me like the literary theme of Lord of the Flies, right? He's like, okay, you posted this on this date and this man and this had this consequence with it. And how do we feel? about all that. You know, he's like, in trying to expose Jen, Monica, you perpetuated mean things about everybody else. And Monica's like, can I have my book back? Okay. Can I have my book back, please? Can we just be done with this? The receipts, the binders, Lisa Renna's unopened envelopes. It just never goes the way that housewives want it to. And it's just kind of corny in my personal opinion. But Anyways, Monica says the ladies were big fans of the page, saying they were always interacting with it. And I was like, my God, if you were tagging me every 35 seconds, I probably would be a little interactive at first, too, with you, Monica. And Andy asks her, do you want to be friends with these women or do you want to be on the show? And she's like, both. But is it both? I really just don't feel like I feel like it is she only wanted to be on the show. And now that she was, she was trying to like rewrite history or completely erase history, twist the narrative, because you really can't spend two and a half years of your life or however long it was literally like stalking people, being obsessed with their every move with writing nasty things about them over and over and over. I mean, just think of how much mental capacity that takes to do it on the daily. 
And like, you want to turn around and be friends with this, these people. You want to be fake friends with these people so that you're on the show. And she's like, you don't think I belong here? And it's like, not really. Not really. Like if we're just being completely honest, is there a caliber that housewives are supposed to obtain? I think so. I don't know. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Anyways, Lisa made a good point, you know, because because Monica is trying to make herself like the hero in the situation. She's like, you know, uh, we were reposing nice things about you. And this was just to get Jen Sean. This was just to expose Jen and the way he treats you guys and the way she treats uh, her co-workers, co-workers and whatever. And Lisa was like, you know, why didn't you lead with that? You know, if you're the hero in Internet Troll Fantasy Land, why wouldn't you come out and say, oh, you guys. I was reality Montes, but I was the one that had your back all the time. I'm not with a page anymore. I decided to cut ties, whatever. Uh, and I am going to make sure that they don't post anything else mean about you. But she hides it the whole time. And Monica says, like, I knew it was going to come out eventually. Um, but did she? She had to have. I mean, she says that she told producers or the casting team, like in her first interview, I think that that's a lie. But this is where we get into the real you want to talk about lunatic tendencies. This right here is lunatic tendencies. Logged into Jen and Sharif's security system. Logged into Jen and Sharif's security system. Like, stop. Like I said, that's what I'm talking about. The gravity of this. It's not just posting things like once every three days. This is an active lifestyle. It's like a, it's an obsession. It's an obsession. And, and Lisa yells and says that that's where um, she got the video of Jen yelling at Koa. Now, I will say when I first heard that, I immediately was like, I don't actually think that that's true because I remember seeing the video of Jen yelling at Koa. And it very much so did look like cell phone video because, you know, depending on where a security camera is, I mean, I think nine times out of 10, they're in the corners of your rooms, right? Um, but that view wasn't from a corner. It was literally someone sitting there with them, like, filming, you know, trying to be incognito about it. But then they, they literally get down the rabbit hole of whether or not she's a stalker. Okay. Parking out at Genshaw's house, selling footage to TMZ. She said the FBI sent her, you know, like a little FBI gift from God. The FBI sent me to make sure that if Jen was drinking and driving, that I was going to be the one to catch it. 
on video. And I think that this kind of did get lost in translation, but again, it seemed like a twisted truth, which I think Monica is very, very good at. Like I said last week, when she's screaming about, I've never sued somebody. Well, you countersued somebody, which technically is still suing somebody. So this again is another example of like a twisted truth um, where she's like, no, they didn't send me to her house, but they could have said, any evidence you have, send to us. That doesn't mean go pitch a tent outside our house until you get evidence to send to the FBI. But I feel like that's what Monica did, right? Because potentially, maybe people said to her, any evidence you have sent to us, she's she's then going, okay, I'm going to go out and get evidence to send to them. And that is kind of where that all came out. And she says, you know, I, I wasn't an informant. I was a witness. Um, and then Heather goes on this um, soapbox. And I think this was the moment that everybody there had to be wondering what they were going to do with Monica, if they were going to keep her, if they were going to fire her. And I think Heather knew that everyone was asking that question because her monologue, if you will, next I think was very telling. She was trying to get something accomplished. And I actually think that she did. Um, Heather says, you know, she, she thinks she's being iconic. She's being a bully. She's ruined my housewife's experience. The only negative thing about being a housewife is the internet trolls. She says, Andy, you are against cyberbullying. You don't put up with this. And it's like in this moment, she's kind of without coming out and saying, She's saying that this is a toxic workplace environment if Monica stays. And I said this, you know, earlier in the week on the page. Bravo still has an HR department. And it's like there are so many. Of course, the shows are a little bit toxic. Like, let's not beat around the bush. But you know you're going to sign up for, for cat fights and arguments and whatever. You don't necessarily know that you're going to sign up for stalking. You know, um, and I think in that moment where Heather kind of looks like pointedly at Andy and says, you don't condone this. So what are you going to do about it? You know, and even Lisa is like, this was intentional. You guys did this on purpose and nobody cares. And Andy's like, no, we didn't know. So she's saying, you know, production knew. She told them in casting, that's what Monica said. Um, and Andy's like, no, we wouldn't have cast you if you said that. So I think in that moment, it was like pretty clear that they were going to fire her. Although now we're hearing kind of a different story. So showrunner Lori Gordon um, did an interview with Page Six or gave a statement or something. And she said it was a cooling off period, which is very different you know, from what we've been hearing, but this is what she said. She said, the women just need a cooling off period. And I think it's just too soon. They've articulated it. It's too soon for them to reenter into a friendship, a trusting friendship. Not enough time has passed. Heather responded to that and said, hearing that production and that Lori Gordon, especially wants us to have a cooling off period is really wise. Monica has no connection with any of us right now. And that's all I can say for now. But Heather also says, there's no chance that Monica will be welcome back in my business, near my family, or near my friends. We all embraced her, brought her to our businesses, brought her into our homes, had her hang out with our children. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I said, is a cooling off period the new put on pause? I think we'll have to see. Let's get into the Greek mafia rumor. 
did Monica have anything to do with the DM sent to Meredith? She said no, but that she would admit it. I also think that's a lie. There's no way. There's no way. There's just, <laughs> there's no way Monica was slipping up and her reality of ontisness in this moment, because it's just, that's not going to happen. Monica and Meredith aren't going to get DMs at the same time with the same information. However many days after they talk about Angie being in the Greek mafia on a plane, you know, and then 45 minutes again in Bermuda before the dinner, it's just, it's not happening. And, um, you know, Monica is the one who brought it up on camera and they talk about that. And it immediately brought me back to the leaked video that um, has been going around of Monica and her mom and her mom saying, Monica, your job is to get the most screen time possible. Your job is to be the star. Your job is to whatever. So looking back through that lens, I think that Monica does a lot of things to get screen time. You know, Greek Easter is a great example of that. Um, bringing up the Greek mafia things on camera is another great example of that. Talking about, you know, the affair with the brother-in-law. So I think every decision that Monica made was very um, deliberate. Let's talk about the black eye. Oh my gosh, you guys, can you believe that we're still talking about this a year and a half later? But um, according to Heather, this is her coming clean moment, her Hillary Duff. She's looking out the window. The rain is like tapping. The candles are lit around. I'm coming clean. But does she? I don't know if I buy Heather's story. You know, she she says there's a lot of drinking. I know I got it from Jen, but I don't know how. I mean, I need some of y'all to tell me if you're blacked out and someone punches you in the eye at that point, like, don't you brown out and remember that happening? Like, can you really be to a point of blackout that you don't remember someone assaulting you, punching you in the face? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Heather says Jen was the first person she texted the next morning and they had this conversation. Did I give it to you? And Heather's like, don't worry, I'll cover for you. Um, looking back, she doesn't know why she covered for her. And she thinks it was because she was scared of her. Um, she realized in Bermuda that by not telling the truth about what happened, she was contributing. And then we get this new footage. And Heather claims that they were talking about the black eye. You can't really hear what they're saying. You can't understand. But Heather says um, that Jen says, I can't believe I did that to you. And then Heather says, don't worry. Don't worry about it. I got you. I like that they added this because everyone was like, even Jen from prison, Twitter fingers from prison was saying, they have footage. They would show. It's like, okay, well, here's the footage we had. And here's why we didn't show it because it's a nothing burger. Um, but Heather then is like uh, ready for her apology tour. She's apologizing to Bravo. She's apologizing to Andy. She's apologizing to the audience, the producers, the production team, her fellow castmates. She says she deflected with humor. Um, what I didn't realize is that lawyers came in. I mean, this is stuff that we're not privy to, right? Um, but when she, I guess when she made a joke about it potentially being a producer, they had to do like some investigations and stuff. Maybe that's how I interpreted it. But um it was crazy. You know, she said she didn't want to get anybody in trouble. And she said she didn't realize how serious it was until, you know, Andy said she essentially accused producers or the production company of covering up a crime and an assault. And she's like, look, I'm still scared. I'm still scared. I'm, I don't really want to come out and say this, but I feel like now I have no choice. Or maybe she feels like now she's strong enough to have the choice. Andy was not 
happy with her. I was actually really surprised by this. He's like, you lied to production. You lied to Bravo. You said that a producer might have done it. Like that puts people's reputations at risk. That puts people's jobs at risk. Um, it was crazy, you know, and she says, Jen and I talked a lot about it in the days that followed. And we just deny, deny, deny. And that Jen never thanked her for covering for her, um, which I thought this moment was actually the most um, interesting, I guess, of the whole entire reunion is like, even though they're at war with each other, it's in this moment that Monica and Heather find common ground in the way that they were treated by Jen. It's like, you don't know, you don't know if Jen got physical with Monica, but we've, you know, she, according to Heather has gotten physical with her. You know, we remember the van with Lisa where she got in her face. We remember her throwing glasses and stuff. So we do know that Jen has that side to her. And I feel like you could tell that both Heather and Monica were like processing that they had kind of been through the same trauma when it came to their friendship with Jen. And it's like, if they have any common ground, that's going to be it. So there you have it. Wow. I'm sad that it's over. Don't cry because it's over guys. Smile because it happened. Okay. Last but certainly not least, I have no notes about this next topic and not in a good way. Not like no notes. It was awesome. My The only thing I have left written on my rundown is talk about Southern charm, even though I don't want to. <laughs> So there you have it. Last week, we wrapped up uh, the season of Southern Charm. And to be completely honest with you, I'm just very over the Olivia and Taylor drama. And I think what I'm over about it is... Oh, gosh. Do I even want to go down this rabbit hole? You guys are going to get mad. I don't care what I say. I'm going to be more opinionated in 2024. I'm going to hold my ground. I just thought you have to remember these reunions are a year removed from what actually happened. And I thought Olivia towards the end of it was getting really nasty and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And it's like, it's just the level of anger is not reciprocated for Austin. She comes in with like waves of it, but it's not consistent. And I don't think that that is fair. And it comes across like, Olivia is ready to discard her friendship with Taylor because Taylor can't do anything for her, but she's kind of holding on to her friendship with Austin because Austin is uh, a main character on Southern charm. That's the way I interpret it, honestly. And I like Olivia. I'm not saying that I, and, and I understand she has a right to be mad at Taylor. I feel like anybody would feel betrayed by a friend like that. I also feel like Taylor at some point when in the, like towards the beginning, when she was trying to apologize to Olivia and it was being met with like a lot of resistance because let me give context because a lot of people are saying like, Taylor, how can you apologize, 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 cry that Olivia is not apologizing. And then the next breath say, I don't regret it. Well, I feel like actually people do it a lot when like out of frustration, you know, when you try so much and like, you don't understand after the eighth time of apologizing, why they're not just at least saying, okay, let's move on. And they're still just like holding all this resentment and anger where you get to a point of frustration and you're like, they weren't even together. You know, like, I feel like that could potentially be where Taylor came from. She shouldn't have said it because it's never going to end. It's never going to 
work out in your favor, even if it is a moment of frustration. It's just that's all they're going to remember, right? Which it is. It's all people are talking about. It's all people remember. They don't remember like you crying and you being really upset and you not wanting to admit the truth because you're scared of losing your friend. They remember you saying um, they weren't even together. So that is what it is. I just feel like I, I even talked about it last week. Like the guys on Southern Charm get off so scot-free and it's just annoying at this point. You have Whitney who was showing an uh, inappropriate picture of a cast member to people and he's not even there at the reunion because he's an executive producer. Like red flag flying on the field. You have Austin who's sitting there honestly looking like he's he can't even comprehend what's this, like what is coming out of people's mouths. And he's like, you felt like you were misinterpreted uh, this year or misrepresented. Like, what would you, how, what, how, why? Tell us something. Austin, he's like, I don't know. I don't know, Andy. I wish you would have prepped me ahead of time. And, you know, Austin does say that he is an overthinker. I feel like you could see the wheels turning in his head. And I know people are annoyed with JT. Like, the way that he goes about things sometimes is annoying, like Olivia said. But he is the only male on that cast that will hold Austin's feet to the fire. Nobody else does it. Craig makes excuses for him all the time and tries to talk. Craig tries to talk for Austin and talk his way out. Craig tries to talk Austin out of things. You know what I mean? When it's like Austin is the one that should have to be answering for it. Shep doesn't really either. I mean, I feel like he did a little bit. Um, but JT just does it too much. And I think, again, it is hypocritical that he he falls in love with Taylor but he holds Austin's feet to the fire, right? So I don't know. Um, when it comes to Shep, I think that it was pretty uh, eye-opening that he kind of admitted that Taylor was the one that got away. Shep is a very prideful person. I feel like he doesn't ever really like to let his emotions show. I feel like he always kind of wants to portray himself as the happy-go-lucky, the party guy who nothing ever gets him down. He doesn't, he doesn't believe in monogamy, whatever. And it's like in this moment, the mask might be slipping, you know, where he says, I might regret the fact that I broke up with Taylor. Honestly, I hope they get back together. <laughs> I do. I really do. I don't, and I don't even know why. I feel like because Taylor really did love him. And I feel like even though her decisions were wrong this season, I feel like a lot, a lot of the decisions that she made came from a place of her and brokenness because of the heartbreak that she went through with Shep and their relationship. Um, I unfortunately think Olivia was collateral damage. In that, I think Taylor should have thought a little bit more about Olivia if she really, truly cared about her friendship. But I think Taylor cared more about getting back at Shep and maybe masking that pain um, than thinking about the consequences that it would have with Olivia. Does that make sense? Can I please stop talking about it now? Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. That's it. That is it. Leave me a review. Didn't get any last week. So it would be nice. A little five-star boop, boop. A little love you like a sis. If not, we'll see you for extra pop. We're going to talk about the Oscars, the big snubs on Friday, and also a Bachelor recap and other Bachelor Nation stories coming up on the Patreon on Friday as well. If not, see you back next week. Vanderpump Rules premiere week. Can't wait. Love you like a sis. 
Ahura Media Production.